0: Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats, a program dedicated to creating a legacy for your pet, Animal companions, your pets, your children, whatever you call them, they are dearly loved family members. As pet parents and animal lovers, we have an obligation to ensure their current and future well-being. Join estate planning attorney and animal advocate Peggy Hoyt, your host, every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Here on natureschannel.fm, Peggy explores the many alternatives available to help you provide for the future care of your pets. They love us unconditionally. Let's make sure we care and provide for them in every circumstance.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Peggy Hoyt and you are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. And since this is the first Monday of the month, today we're celebrating Memorial Monday. And this is a time that we spend remembering pets that have been loved and lost. And I wanted to read to you something that I came across on Facebook this weekend because I think it kind of sums up maybe how we feel, or at least how I feel, um, when I lose a pet and specifically when I lose a dog so here it goes. It's it's by somebody called Anonymous. But anyway, it says, It came to me that every time I lose a dog, they take a piece of my heart with them. And every new dog who comes into my life gifts me with a piece of their heart. If I live long enough, all the components of my heart will be dog and I will become as generous and loving as they are. So I thought that was a good sentiment for today's Memorial Monday. And today we want to specifically remember Luke Schnitker. Luke is a a five-and-a-half-year-old golden retriever who passed away this week. He was the beloved family member of my friends Kay and Clay Schnitker and their family. And Luke died very suddenly this week. He was mid-run after a ball and had either a heart attack or some sort of other health anomaly. And I just want to send out prayers and good thoughts to the Schnitker family on behalf of Luke, who they dearly, dearly loved. And we are posting a picture of Luke to our Facebook page at All My Children wear fur coats on facebook so if you want to take a look at him and a little later we'll try to get up a video of luke um just to show you how sweet and wonderful he was he was um your typical golden retriever in the sense that he had a lot of respect for the family cat and that's what we're going to show you in the video but our our thoughts and prayers go out to the schnitker family regarding the loss of their beloved luke If you're listening today and you want to participate in our Peace After Pet Loss program, um, you can join us this Friday at One Senior Place in Altamont Springs, Florida, at 9 a.m., where we will be having a live event for the purpose of remembering pets that have been loved and lost. This is something that we started recently. June was our first month. We had a great turnout, and... um, We want to invite you to participate in that. If you want to call us today with a pet that you've loved or have lost, you can call us at 718-766-4996, and we'll be happy to memorialize and remember your pet online today. So a little later in the show, we're going to have on our special guest, Claire Gaynor from Cornerstone Hospice. Um, And because we're talking with Claire today and we're talking about um, disability and end-of-life decision-making, I thought it would be appropriate to start the show out talking about planning for your personal disability. And the reason that this is important is that if you become mentally disabled during your lifetime or physically disabled during your lifetime, where you are unable to provide the day-to-day care for your pets, it's going to be very important that you have a plan in place for taking care of your pets. And so you want to take care of yourself, but you also want to take care of your pets, And in planning for yourself, we want to make sure that you have a couple of legal instruments in place. The first would be a financial durable power of attorney that includes provisions for the care of your pets. The second would be a health care power of attorney nominating a health care surrogate to make important health care decisions for you when you are unable to make your own health care decisions. Another legal directive would be your living will, which would be your end-of-life declaration regarding how you want to be cared for at the end of your life. And also you want to include what we call a pre-need guardian declaration, and this is appointing in advance those persons who would be your guardian in the event you ever ended up in the guardianship court. And we don't want to stop there. We still want to make sure that our family knows what our final wishes are with regard to end-of-life, such as do we want to be cremated, do we want to be buried, are we willing to be an organ donor, and what are the other special requests or concerns that we would have. If you fail to plan for your disability, the state that you live in is going to have what we call a default plan, and that's the plan that's been created by statute, and it will nominate for you those persons that would be preferential in making financial and or health care decisions for you. So we want to avoid that state default plan at all costs if it's possible to do that when we're thinking about planning for our disability and how it integrates with our pets we want to make sure that we have selected those pet caregivers the people that are going to be able to provide care for our pets when we're unable to provide that care because i'm here to tell you if we end up in a guardianship the court's going to decide who's responsible for your care and they may or may not be the persons that you would want to provide long-term care for your pets. Now, having said that, I want to now bring on our special guest, Claire Gaynor. Claire works with Cornerstone Hospice here in Central Florida, and Claire's going to tell us a little bit about the hospice process, and she's also going to tell us about a program that they have called Pet Peace of Mind. Welcome, Claire. Thanks for being on our show. Thank you, Peggy. I'm going
2: to enjoy this afternoon.
1: Well, I know you will, and we're thrilled to have you. So just to start out, I'm going to tell our listeners a little bit about the mission of Cornerstone Hospice and Palliative Care, and that is to make quality hospice care available to all people, their families and anyone that's affected by serious illness, death, or dying in the Central Florida community, as well as to advocate effectively for patients' comfort, their dignity and choice, and to be recognized as the leading resource in clinical, ethical, and spiritual issues of dying and grief. So, Claire, can you tell us um, how that mission fits into the day-to-day activities of Cornerstone And will you also tell the listeners a little bit about your role at Cornerstone? Well, I think that
2: anyone who is in need of hospice care can understand that one of the things that we look at is the quality of care that they're going to be given, but also the right to make decisions for themselves to the very end. And I think, and I know from my own experience, how important that is to individuals. And primarily my job as community relations coordinator is to educate the non-medical community on hospice and other topics that deal with aging. I'm a member of the Orange County Commission on Aging, so I've become very involved in the past 10 years on senior issues, and, um, and I think that hospice is one of those issues that Most people don't want to talk about, but yet it is so needed to be talked about. So I try to educate people and tell them my own story and what I went through. And thank God that I had hospice in my life helping me when I most needed it.
1: So go ahead and tell us a little bit about how hospice was special to you and played a role in your life.
2: Oh, well, my father had uh, had heart disease. And he was um, he was at home, and we had hired our own CNA to care for him after he had open-heart surgery, and it hadn't gone very well for him. And so I kept bringing up hospice because I knew he needed oxygen. And being the stubborn Irishman that he was, he kept saying no, and he would get so upset and just hang up on me. And so one day I was fortunate enough to be in Miami with him, and I knew that he needed oxygen. So I asked him if I could call hospice, and he dejectedly agreed to do so. So we brought in hospice and immediately got him started on oxygen and new hospital bed for him, different equipment that was needed. And the following week, and he called me, and he said, this is great. And I said, what? And he said, hospice. He said, I had no idea. And I think the perception is as soon as you go on hospice, you're going to die. And my right. father was on hospice for five and a half months, and it was such a help to me because here I was in Orlando, and I could call them any time to check on my parents and make sure that they were well being taken care of. Or if a situation came up that they would call me immediately. So it was it was a it was a blessing.
1: And I can see how it would be a blessing. And my father also was on hospice at one point, um, Claire, and I think you're right that people have this maybe unrealistic um, opinion of hospice that, you know, if you go on hospice it means you're going to pass away in a relatively short period of time when really it can just be a fabulous resource to families um, as they're dealing with the declining health issues um, of a loved family member.
2: And, you know, Peg, the one thing I hear over and over again is, I wish I had called sooner. I wish I had known. And I hear I that would from agree. all family members.
1: So I think it is important that we educate our listeners about the importance of not waiting too long. Um, I never heard anybody say that they called hospice too soon. Um so I, th- I think we should encourage people to call, find out what the resources are that are available and how that might benefit you. Well, tell us a little bit, Claire, about how Cornerstone Hospice became involved in a pet program.
2: Well, you know, sometimes after patients have been diagnosed with a terminal illness because they don't call in time, they don't have time to consider if they have a friend or a family member who can take their pet when they go into the hospital or if they go into a hospice house and, and or if they're living alone with this pet and they haven't made, as you said, plans for it. And I can remember our nurses coming in and they'd have a cat that you know no family member wanted and they were begging staff members to please adopt this cat. And even this poor chihuahua, this old chihuahua and his nails hadn't been clipped in forever. They were so long. And you know, we were begging someone to take this, this pet. So recently, one of our patients needed to go to the hospice house, but he refused because he didn't have a home for his dog. So out of sheer compassion, our staff picked up his dog and assured him that Jamie, his dog, would have a good home. And the gentleman died shortly afterwards peacefully, knowing that his beloved animal was in someone's loving care. And if we had known about his situation beforehand, it would have saved the patient a great deal of anxiety. So, part of Cornerstone's goal now is to include family pets in the patient's care planning so they have an opportunity to consider making proper arrangements for their pets.
1: Well, and we appreciate that you do that, those of us that are animal advocates and animal lovers because we would never want anyone that we know or love to feel like they were unable to transition personally um, because they were afraid of what was going to happen to their pet. And I want to talk a lot more about that when we come back. We're going to come back in a few minutes and talk more with Claire Gaynor, our special guest from Cornerstone Hospice. We're celebrating Memorial Monday today where we're remembering pets that have been loved and lost. And if you want to remember a pet, you can call us at 718-766-4996. You can visit us on Facebook at All My Children Wear Fur Coats. Uh, and you are listening right now to Nature's Channel.fm. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and we'll be right back. And before we go to break, we're still going to um, be talking about the disability issue. Um, I had mentioned at the beginning of the hour that we were remembering Luke, Luke Schnitker, a five-and-a-half-year-old golden retriever who um, was lost this last week and who was a special family member for my friends Clay and Kay Schnitger. Um, so I want to be sure to remember Luke continuously throughout this hour. Um, I know that It's very, very difficult to lose a pet. I um, experienced um, two years ago, unfortunately, I lost two horses and two dogs and two cats all in one year, Um, probably one of the worst years I had from a pet loss perspective, but it certainly gave me a lot of opportunity to reflect on ways that we can remember our pets that we've loved and lost, and it also motivated me to think about creating the Peace After Pet Loss program. And when we do come back, I'm going to have Claire Gaynor talk a little bit about that as well. So um, she she participated in our very first um, Peace After Pet Loss, which was last month. So, Claire, do you want to just mention your participation in Peace After Pet Loss and talk to us about the pet that you remembered that day?
2: You know, I so enjoyed that morning that we did that. I thought that that was exceptional. And and I was able to talk about uh, two of my boxers, Shady Lady and Bentley, and I've always had boxers. I was involved with Florida Boxer Rescue for 10 years as a volunteer coordinating two counties. And they were just, you know, they're my heart and soul. And I, I can't imagine life without a dog. I, I really can't. And so it was, it was a blessing because it does, it does bring up all the joy that they brought to me. each one is very unique. Each dog you bring into your life is a unique animal.
1: And they do fill a special place in our hearts. And I know that our um, our show founder, Christine Agra, would say that every animal comes into our life to teach us something special. And I think that um, from my personal experience, each dog that I've ever had has um, taught me something special. And I think you would agree with that. Isn't that right, Claire?
2: I so agree with you. And, and you know, one of the um, – when we were – that morning – there had been someone who had recently lost her beloved dog. I mean, she she loved this this golden retriever. And one of the things that that I do when I lose a pet is usually I'll wait like two weeks and I'll bring a foster in because, you know, it, it, it helps heal my heart. And usually the foster will go and another one will come in when one of those fosters you know usually becomes a permanent member of the family, but I think it's a healing process as well and um and I do think that each dog does bring in something so special to your life and and it's it's cherished, each one is just cherished
1: well, and I know a lot of people do say after the loss of a pet, you know, I just can't get another pet, it hurts too much when you lose them. And I do agree that it's very, very painful, but I also agree with your philosophy that says bringing a new pet or a foster into the home, it doesn't mean we've forgotten about our own pet, old pet. It doesn't mean that we're trying to replace them in any way, shape, or form. It's just that we're trying to fill that hole in our heart with a little bit of love from a new furry face. And um it does go a long way towards helping us feel better about um about the loss of our pet. So Claire's um admitted um on the air that she's a failed foster from time to time. So isn't that how you got your dog you have now, Claire? I did. I brought
2: I had just gotten rid of two boxers that had been with me for about two sick that I was for two weeks and they were both very sick. And uh, I took care of them, and but I knew it was time for them to go because I was getting attached and I wasn't ready. And so then I got rid of them, and the next day, Rescue calls me and says, please, we're in a situation. Can you please take this girl. And here comes Emma. And Emma just had so many issues, and I realized that unless you've had boxers before, you really don't know what needed to be done um, to, to get her healthy again. And I always like older senior dogs. And so um, i worked with Emma for quite some time. As a matter of fact, she's laying at my feet right now, and she's about 10 years old. And we're going through some arthritis together, and I just love her to death. So God only brings me the ones that he knows that I can help the most.
1: And isn't Emma also a little bit special in the sense that she's going to keep you from having too many dogs because she really likes being an only dog?
2: Oh, yeah, that that, that unfortunately is true. I tried to introduce her to this wonderful male boxer. And I was ready to keep him and give her up. And she just wanted no part of him. So, yes, it's just the girls in the house. There's no other male boxer that's allowed
1: to come in or any other dog. So I I think that's funny because I look at my crew. um, I currently have seven dogs, and, you know, it's, it's quite a madhouse at my house with all those seven personalities and the way that everybody gets along because my dogs really go from age two to almost 14. And so my very old dog is not real crazy about my very young dog. And my two youngest dogs, they like to pick on each other, and then my two sibling dogs, they like to pick on each other. And then my young dog and my my um, my failed service dog attempt, they like to pick on each other. So it's always a dance that we're doing in, um, in my house to keep everybody happy and apart from one another. But thank goodness that um, I don't have anybody like Emma who said, you can only have one dog or I'd really be in trouble. I know. It was so disappointing. (laughs) It
2: really was. I've always had to. But you know what? That's okay. You know, she's in a great home and she knows
1: it. She's not about to share it. Yeah, that's funny. Well, let's talk a little bit more about Cornerstone Hospice. So Claire Gaynor, our special guest today, is the community relations coordinator for Cornerstone Hospice here in Central Florida. And you can visit their website at cshospice.org if you want more information on Cornerstone or if you're just interested in getting more information about hospice in general. And um, I'm going to look at their website just for a moment because not everybody knows what the services are that hospice can provide because there are both, inpatient facilities, and then also home care services. Claire, will you talk to us first about the home care services that might be provided? Well, most
2: of our patients prefer to be in their homes. So when a patient gets admitted to hospice, each patient is, um, is looked at in terms of what their needs are, in terms of what their family needs are as well. And so when we come in and we do an admission, we bring in a social worker, we have a chaplain, we have the nurse, we have the doctor to do an assessment on them. And then depending on what their needs are, we provide all the medical equipment, we provide all the medication that they need, anything that they need, we will provide for them. And I think that the one thing people have to realize is that hospice isn't there 24-7. We are only come in once or twice a week, unless there is a a critical point, and then we will be there twenty four seven. And it's usually at best at the last week of their life, or they're twenty four seven. And so, a lot of times, we're educating the family as well how to take care of their patient, um, their loved family member, or if it's if it's a friend or relative that they're taking care of. Um, We made the decision in our family, because my parents were in their 80s, to hire our own CNA. So my parents did have someone there eight hours a day to help my father get in the shower, to help him get bathed, to do the things that my stepmother could not do at the time. So it's very important to realize that hospice is not there 24-7. And uh, so normally we are there once or twice a week unless it's an emergency, and then we are immediately there.
1: Well, and I think that's a good point to bring up because um, I want to make sure that listeners understand that hospice care is not a substitute for long-term care planning. Um, It isn't going to pay for 24-7 care. It isn't going to pay for extended long-term care in a nursing home. Um, It's not a substitute for good long-term care planning with an elder law attorney. Would you agree with that, Claire? Claire? I
2: absolutely agree with that. And, you know, having gone through this with with my family, I made the decision for long-term care because I see what's happening with caregiving um, as we're getting older and what's happened with insurance, uh, with the healthcare industry in general. So it was very important to me to make plans for long-term care. So I advise anyone out there to look into it because it is something that you're going to need. And to remember that hospice is government regulated. It is because of Medicare that we are only allowed to be there a certain amount. There are stipulations in Medicare what hospice can and cannot do.
1: So can you touch on what some of the things are that they can and cannot do?
2: Well, as we just said, you know, one of the things is that we cannot do is we cannot be there 24-7. Um, yep. In the beginning of, of the disease process, or being on hospice, that's one of the main things, and and we're very regulated in terms of our our nurses and the medication and and everything is uh, is as I said just just regulated, and that's all hospices, and we are a non for profit hospice, so if we find that you know even if we have patients who do not have insurance or Medicare. We will provide care to those people because our mission is that no one dies alone or in pain. So we've taken care of many of the homeless, the indigent, and um, and and we don't. Uh, there's no bias in terms of religious or financial status.
1: So, are there some hospice organizations, Claire, that are for-profit organizations as opposed to not-for-profit? Yes, there are. Okay, and then. So they're really more have more of a business motive as opposed to a mission motive in terms of providing care to indigent persons or persons that might not have um Medicare benefits that they can rely on, is that right? That's correct. That's correct. Okay. And most of the hospitals know
2: that they can call us and we will find the bed because obviously we cannot take care of the homeless outside under a bridge or in a shelter. So we will bring them in into a hospice house so they can uh they can die with dignity and and be well taken care of for their final and
1: days absolutely and and that's that's only fair for anybody to be able to as you said not die alone and die with dignity um, so I want to talk a lot more about this um as we move on through the program, but not all hospice programs. Um, provide services for pets either? Do they?
2: No, we are uh, one of the. I think we're probably the only one here in the Central Florida area. You know, this is a really a groundbreaking program for us that you know enables hospice patients to keep their pets at home with them throughout the end of their journey. And um, for many in hospice care, changes in their physical condition lead to a decrease of previously enjoyed social opportunities, and relationships. So their pets, you know, are so important, and they offer that unconditional love, the acceptance, the comfort, and the companionship when it's needed most, and the time when maybe family and friends aren't seen as frequently or when words are just too hard
1: to say. Sure. Um, So I know our pets, they they do have that un- just unparalleled ability to love us no matter what. They don't care what we look like. They don't care what we smell like. They don't care what kind of um, tubes are coming out of us. They still just want to provide that unconditional love and care for us. So I do want to encourage our listeners to come back with us after the break. We're talking with Claire Gaynor from Cornerstone Hospice here in Central Florida. I'm Peggy Hoyt, and I'm your host. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on Nature's FM. We're talking about hospice care. We're talking about disability planning, and we're talking about how our beloved pets fit into all of that. So we'll be right
0: back, and stay with us. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on nature'schannel.fm. Find archives and more at legacyforyourpet.com
3: Nature'schannel.fm: Amazing talk radio shows, from gardening to animals, natural health and wellness and fighting for nature. Nature'schannel.fm. It's where we grow.
4: Organic, loose leaf, and simply delectable, Prasanna Tea Company strives to help people find balance, connect, and live in wellness. We source the finest tea leaves from pristine farms around the world and blend them with some of nature's purest gifts, creating unique infusions that are healthfully life-enhancing, blissfully aromatic, and positively delicious. Find us at com. Prasana Tea. It's tea the way it should be. Start your week off in a beautiful way. Come to Nature's Sanctuary Sunday Service for a powerful and beautiful eco-spiritual celebration where we honor and support ourselves through the reflection of nature. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time here at Nature'sChannel.fm. Visit thechurchofnature.org to find out more about Nature's Sanctuary Sunday service and the Church of Nature.
3: Join the Horses Heart and Soul Herd and Sarah Willerson on Nature'sChannel.sm Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern for Horse Wisdom Straight from the Stalls. Horses are the heartbeat of the earth and they help us attune our own hearts with our souls. They encourage us to remember that we are part of the harmonious flow that is nature. Tune in every Wednesday for Horse Wisdom Shared Straight from the Stalls.
5: Dipity, every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Nature's Channel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow? Join Shelly Levis as she explores eco friendly gardening methods and fun do it yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. Zoendipity, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Nature's Channel.fm. Nature's Channel is where you grow
4: with amazing talk radio shows we talk about animals and gardening natural health and wellness listen live at find archives at
0: you are listening to all my children wear fur coats with the state planning attorney and animal advocate peggy hoyt airing every monday at 3 p.m eastern time you're on Nature's Find archives and more at legacyforyourpet.com. Welcome back. You're listening to all my children
1: wear fur coats on Nature'sChannel.fm. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and it's my pleasure to be with you today. We are celebrating Memorial Monday where we are remembering pets that have been loved and lost. And our pet of the week is Luke Schnitker, a -a five-and-a-half-year-old golden retriever um, who will be forever missed by his family here on Earth. And we are talking today with our special guest, Claire Gaynor. And Claire is the Community Relations Coordinator for Cornerstone Hospice here in Central Florida. And one of the distinctions that we're making about Cornerstone Hospice and their Pet Peace of Mind program is that it is not typical for hospice organizations to necessarily provide for um, a person's pets. And so, Claire, I think there was a little confusion um, among our listening audience about how that aspect of providing for someone's pet makes Cornerstone really unique in the Central Florida area? Can you just elaborate on that a little bit more? Sure. I think what makes it unique
2: is that sometimes when we when we're treating a patient, um, we know that their pets who share their lives are also part of their family. So sometimes when you have a patient who is unable to do basic care for that pet, be it dog walking or pet waste cleanup or bathing and grooming and pet and all those things that you do naturally for your pet may not happen for a patient. So what we do is we offer this service at Pet Peace of Mind where we help that hospice patient with their pet needs. Does that clarify that?
1: I think it does. So the the nurses or the um, persons that might be there to provide the medical care are not necessarily the same people that might come in to provide for the pet care.
2: No. We have volunteers who come in and provide for that pet care. So um, it, we're able to afford the food, the litter, and the basic veterinary care. We have a group of veterinarians in the seven counties who work with us, let's say if their animals aren't up to date on their shots or we find that the animal is sick, then we will help that person um, with those vet bills or even pay those vet bills to make sure that they are comfortable knowing that their pet is taken care of. And another thing is, you know, sometimes these pets, don't have a family to go to afterwards. And as you have well know, a decision hasn't been made, what are we going to do? Well, the patient may think that their daughter or their son or a friend's going to take a pet. Well, I can tell you, not so much. Uh, having gone through that with Boxer Rescue, I can't tell you how many came into rescue because the owner had passed away and had not made provisions for their animals. So what we try to do is encourage them to make decisions on their animals. Now, from time to time, there is no one. So what we do is we put them into a foster home. We try to find a foster home for them, and then we will put them on a pet finder, and we will make sure that that, that pet goes to a good home. But it's not going to go into animal control, which, of course, do yeah, not. we don't, we don't might, you know. want our beloved we don't, pet to we don't want in a... No, can you imagine going from a loving home and then going into animal control, which is a lot of family members do that because they go, well, dad or mom won't. know, I'll just take it to animal control instead of carrying out their, their family wishes. So that's one of the things that, that we encourage when we meet with a patient as to what are your plans for this animal.
1: Okay, because so that is a part of your interview process with patients as they come into the hospice program? Absolutely. And, and who's the veterinarian?
2: And is the pet up to date on shots? What do we need to do? So that's part of their, their family member, just as when we have our social workers talk to the family and say, what can we do to help you? Or the bereavement counselor, what what can we do to make this more comfortable for you? because part of the concern is what's going to happen to my pet. And many people won't pass because they or pass comfortably because nothing has been done to take care of the one thing that they love most in their life can be their pet.
1: Absolutely and I I've, I've experienced that firsthand as well that people um are unwilling to transition until they know for sure that their pets are going to be well cared for. So I just want to confirm that in order for somebody to take advantage of the Pet Peace of Mind program offered by Cornerstone Hospice, they have to actually be a hospice um, patient. Um, you do, I mean, Pet Peace of Mind is not just going out seeking opportunities to care for people that no, no, just no. because they're senior or elderly. No, thank you for for
2: mentioning that, Peggy. No, this is this is a program strictly for the hospice patients who are on hospice care in in the seven counties that we cover with our services.
1: And because this um, Pet Peace of Mind program is operated primarily by volunteers, um, are you always looking for people who are willing to volunteer in this program?
2: You know, we always need volunteers to walk dogs, provide waste cleanup, to feed the pets, and provide transportation possibly to uh, a vet visit or even the groomer. So, yes, we are always looking for volunteers.
1: And then what do you do as part of a volunteer screening process? What kind of um, screening do your volunteers have to go through and or training? Well, they go through a training period
2: on 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 hospice and on patients, especially if they're going to be going in and visiting their patients. And... Um, they can they can find out more about that by getting in touch with one of our volunteer managers. And we also always are looking for donations to be made to Pet Peace of Mind through our foundation, so that we can continue this program and continuing to buy, you know, cat food and dog food and all of those things that are, are necessary to keep these pets in their homes and keep them healthy.
1: So in order for somebody to make that donation, they would contact Cornerstone Hospice Foundation and mention specifically that they wanted to contribute to the Pet Peace of Mind program? That's correct. That's correct. Okay. So um, in order to do that, if listeners are interested, you could call 888-728-6234 or you could email at cornerstonehospice at cornerstonehospice.org. Um, Also, you could email at volunteering at cornerstonehospice.org and contact the volunteer manager there so that you can participate in this program, the Pet Peace of Mind program offered by Cornerstone Hospice here in Central Florida. If you're not in Central Florida, you may want to contact your local hospice organizations to see if they have a similar program and if they don't um, maybe you could work with that hospice organization to create a pet peace of mind program modeled after the cornerstone um, program so Claire um, based on that statement that I just made um, I am starting to see more hospice organizations offer pet care programs, but let's say there was a hospice that was in another state and they were interested in learning more about the Pet Peace of Mind program. Is that something that you think uh, Cornerstone would be willing to um, share some of their successes and failures with? Absolutely, absolutely. Because I think that it's, you know, and and as
2: you know, Peggy, we're both – We're both dog lovers and and cat lovers and just animal lovers in general. And so when when we see or we hear about someone who's just lost a pet or the patient's dying and they have no one to go to, this is is a big program. This was a huge step for us, and I was so thankful that someone came up with this because I know I was getting calls as to, Claire, can you help us with a patient? They have a boxer. We've got to place it and this is this is truly a godsend, I think, to patients.
1: Um, I would agree that it is a godsend to patients. It's a godsend to families because, as you said earlier, and I've experienced firsthand, family members are not always willing to take on the responsibility for their parents' pet or a loved one's pet. And I think far too often people just assume that their family or friends are going to be willing to take on that responsibility. Um, I know the Humane Society of the United States estimates that somewhere um, between 200,000 and 500,000 animals are euthanized annually because no one planned for what would happen to the pet if something happened to the pet parent. And far too often, um, if you're visiting a shelter facility, um, it's clear that there are pets that are there primarily because they are old or injured or ill and the family that had them was either unable or unwilling to continue to provide them with care. And to me, that's just the saddest thing in the world to see those senior animals in the shelter, frightened, afraid, They don't know why they're there or what's happened to the person that they love. So I want to thank Cornerstone Hospice for um, being on the cutting edge of hospice care and recognizing that part of care is providing care for our pets as well. We're going to come back in a few minutes from um, our break, and we will um, follow up with Claire at that point and We'll talk a little bit more about planning for disability. Um, If you want to remember a pet today, we hope that you'll call us at 718-766-4996 or that you'll post to our Facebook page at All My Children Wear Fur Coats. You can also see us or follow us on Twitter.com. If you're on Twitter, though, look for us at Kids in Fur Coats. Because everything's shorter on Twitter, we had to go from All My Children Wear Fur Coats to Kids in Fur Coats. And if you want to post pictures of your kids, you can also post to our page on Instagram at All My Children Wear Fur Coats as well or on Pinterest at Kids in Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and um, I'm passionate about planning for pets you can reach me at Peggy at or Peggy at AllMyChildrenWearFurCoats.com, and we'll be back in a moment. Stay with us.
0: You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on Nature's Channel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com
3: natureschannel.fm amazing talk radio shows from gardening to animals natural health and wellness and fighting for nature natureschannel.fm it's where we grow
4: organic, loose leaf and simply delectable Prasana Tea Company strives to help people find balance, connect and live in wellness. We source the finest tea leaves from pristine farms around the world and blend them with some of nature's purest gifts creating unique infusions that are healthfully life-enhancing, blissfully aromatic, and positively delicious. Find us at PrasanaTea.com. Prasana tea. It's tea the way it should be. Start your week off in a beautiful way. Come to Nature Sanctuary Sunday Service for a powerful and beautiful eco-spiritual celebration where we honor and support ourselves through the reflection of nature. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time here at natureschannel.fm. Visit thechurchofnature.org to find out more about Nature Sanctuary Sunday Service and the Church of Nature.
3: Join the Horses Heart and Soul Herd and Sarah Willerson on natureschannel.fm Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern for Horse Wisdom Straight from the Stalls. Horses are the heartbeat of the earth and they help us attune our own hearts with our souls. They encourage us to remember that we are part of the harmonious flow that is nature. Tune in every Wednesday for Horse Wisdom Shared Straight from the Stalls.
5: So and Dippity, every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Nature's Channel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow? Join Shelly Levis as she explores eco friendly gardening methods and fun do it yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. So and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Nature's Channel.fm nature's channel is where you grow with amazing talk
4: radio shows we talk about animals and gardening natural health and wellness listen live at find archives at natureschannel.fm
0: you are listening to all my children wear fur coats with the state planning attorney and animal advocate peggy hoyt airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on Nature's natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at legacyforyourpet.com.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and today I would like to thank Claire Gaynor from Cornerstone Hospice for joining us on our show We've been talking about what makes Cornerstone Hospice unique as a not-for-profit hospice organization and for one of the only hospice organizations in um, the Central Florida area that offers a Pet Peace of Mind program. And the Pet Peace of Mind program, it's unique because it doesn't just address the emotional or medical needs of the hospice patient. It also addresses the needs of the pet that is um, part of the family of the individual who's now in hospice. And, Claire, run through the list of services again for me that um, Pet Peace of Mind can actually provide for a hospice patient.
2: Well, it's basic in-home care. It's dog walking. It's pet waste cleanup bathing and grooming if needed, pet sitting and boarding, pet food and cat litter, um, flea and tick treatment, and probably heartworm too, I would imagine, and uh, routine vaccinations and medications.
1: So it's a very comprehensive program that addresses all the potential needs of a pet, of a hospice patient. Now, this would be true, Claire, if the patient was in their home or if they had to go to uh, a facility hospice. Is that correct?
2: Well, facilities will allow a pet to come visit but not to stay. And so right. that's what—that's why we have to find a home for them. But I was just... Um, I was just thinking of this gentleman who, who said, you know, people come to visit, but they can only stay a little while, and then they have to go, but my dogs are always with me. And how true exactly. that is. Exactly. You know, how true that is. So we want to make sure that those animals are always with them up till the end, and then afterwards that they can be relieved, that their pets will be well taken care of once they are gone. Okay. So if somebody and goes into Go ahead. I'm sorry, Peggy.
1: So when someone goes into the facility, the pet would most likely go into foster care until it could be placed in a permanent home after the loss of the human individual. That is correct. That is correct. Okay. So... um, A very unique service, and um, we're grateful to Cornerstone Hospice for their commitment to um, those members of our family that wear fur coats and that sometimes get forgotten in the uh, disability or end-of-life process um, because we far too often assume that a family member or a friend is going to be willing to step up and take care of our pets and we know that that's not true through experience we also know that it's true that um in order for people to feel comfortable um during their life transition that they need to know that their pets are going to be well cared for so claire thank you very much for joining us today it was our pleasure to have you on this special memorial monday and, and thank you peggy if- and thank you for all
2: that you do and and that you get the word out that people must make plans for their pets. It's it's the most important thing that they can do besides taking care of themselves and their plans.
1: Well, thank you so much. And if folks are interested in more information, you can visit cornerstonehospice.org. If you're interested in being a volunteer, please contact the volunteer manager at 888-728-6234 or you can email them at volunteering at cornerstonehospice.org. So when we started the show, we were talking about planning for disability. I was giving you a checklist of things that you need to have in terms of legal documentation. I'm gonna provide um, Nature'sChannel.fm with a checklist that you can access through the Nature's Channel. Um, magazine, and you can also find that information in my book, All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet. You can find my book on Amazon.com. You can write to me personally if you would like to have an autographed copy. And if you just want to send us a message or visit with us on Facebook, you can find us at All My Children Wear Fur Coats. On Twitter, we're at Kids in Fur Coats. And at Instagram, we're also at All My Children Wear Fur Coats. So if you can't find us, try All My Children Wear Fur Coats or Kids in Fur Coats, either one, and um, we'll be happy to communicate with you. Don't forget that the first Monday of every month is our Memorial Monday, and we invite you to send us information about pets that have been loved and lost or join us this Friday for Peace After Pet Loss at one senior place in Altamont Springs, Florida, at 9 o'clock in the morning. We invite you to um, send your information about your pets in advance. Everybody will have an opportunity to talk about their beloved pet. And I look forward to seeing you each and every week at 3 p.m. on Nature's natureschannel.fm. Happy tales.
0: Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats here on Nature's natureschannel.fm. All My Children Wear Fur Coats explores options and alternatives for creating a lasting legacy for your pet. Visit legacyforyourpet.com to join our email list for updates on shows, links to archives, information on complimentary pet planning workshops, and more. Be sure to tune in every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Happy tails! See you next week.